whatever culture you've created inside of your company and inside of your family, it is a direct reflection of you. The culture is set by the leader. We talk about this all the time, but we literally choose who we work with by our core values, period. Welcome to the Get Real Podcast. Your high-octane boost of full-on reality therapy for personal, business, and investing success with your host, Ron Phillips, because somebody's got to tell it like it is. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Get Real Podcast. Ron Phillips, Heather Marchant here with another 2023 podcast. Man, the year's going fast, and it's not even barely started, so... It's kind of crazy. It is. I agree. I just did another round of our quarterly reviews with our team. And I'm like, where did three months go? Like at the same time, I felt those three months. I know they existed. But man, time just goes by so fast. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Nuts. Nuts. By the time everybody listens to this, I will have already spoken at my buddy Nathan Brooks book launch in Kansas City. I'm flying out tomorrow to do that. Great book. You guys want to go pick it up? The No Quitter's Guide to Real Estate Investing. I kind of really love the title because one of the things that I have noticed about all successful people is that they just simply will not give up. Yeah. True. They just won't give up. I'm Great excited title. to read it. I haven't read it yet, but I'm. it is on my wish list. So, And hey, I wrote a book years ago. And one of the things that means a lot to authors is if you guys actually go pick that book up, whether you actually buy the book or you buy Kindle or whatever it is, and you like the book, take some time to leave the guy a review. It means a lot. It helps the book. It helps him help more people. So make sure you do that. It's like kind a whole of, new world we live in with the reviews. I know, right? And then it's kind of like our show. Yeah. Shameless, shameless plug. <laughs> it's kind of like our show. If you haven't reviewed the show, good, bad, or ugly, get on there and review it. We would love for you to get on iTunes or your favorite whatever and give us an honest review. So I remember, Ron, like three years ago like listening to a presenter about how many reviews does your business have? And I think we thought for years that it doesn't really matter a ton, right? Like, oh, we'll get clients, client referrals or whatever. People don't really find us by Googling us, you know? And man, we, after listening to that guy present, we hired him to help get us all the technology to make it easy for people to leave us a review. And it's been a game changer for our business. And I think books, podcasts, like all those things, if you love something, leave a good review. I have a problem that I am so excited about things that I actually, I haven't told you this, Ron, I am banned from leaving reviews on Amazon. Did you know that about me? No, wow. Me. Yeah, they banned me because I was... Because you're a bot? You like stuff so much that they think you're a robot? Someone reported my review. That's all I know. And I can't do anything about it. I can't like say, hey, what was the review or anything? So don't be too passionate on Amazon. Just a little tidbit <laughs> for all of you out there. <laughs> I literally didn't know you could get kicked off of reviews. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Well, yeah. hey, go crazy on our show, though. Um, <laughs> we won't kick you on, off. Yeah, that's not on Amazon. So, you know, no worries there. Okay. And we're only wanting one review. I mean, we're not asking for 10. So... I, I think we'll be okay. No shenanigans. I mean, don't be Heather, I guess, everybody. That's the moral of the, the show today. Don't be a Heather. I uh, just, when I love things, man, I love all in, I guess. I'm like, this yeah, is Yeah, it's not like you were on there ever. doing all kinds of hate speech. That's what I would no. think you would get kicked off for, you know, yeah, telling no. people you hope they get cancer and die or something. 
Yeah. People say things like that. You believe it or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was, I left a biased review, I think is what it was said. So that they thought I was being paid or something to leave a review. Okay. So. Well, it was biased. You used it. You are biased. <laughs> so I am I'm not biased. sure how we got on this topic, Heather, but I'm, I'm running with it. Well, all I know is reviews are super important. And that's where my brain went. It was like, Hey, leaving reviews for businesses that you like books, podcasts, all those things that they really matter more and yeah. more in our digital age. So. Yeah. And we'll, um, you know, because we want to make things easy, maybe we'll leave a link to his book in the comments. Then you guys can just click on it. It's a pretty good, good book. I like it. I like good it. Point. Good point. Maybe we'll leave a link to the other book we're going to talk about today. It seems like a book show. That's true. It wasn't even intended to be that way. It, but it wasn't. Um, just I just thought about that. Yeah. And true. largely I thought of it, Heather, because the book we're going to talk about today has a lot of the things that the first part of Nathan's book has in there too. And there are things that I, and I know you do, feel are incredibly important to be a good, decent human being Mm. and business owner, but you know, just a decent human being in general. So, well, I've had the fire reignited for reading more. So I will admit I'm mostly listening to audiobooks on Audible, but Still, it's still partaking of information from a book. So, however, I am, you sent me a text at the beginning of the year. You may not even remember now. It's been like two weeks, but you said that successful people read every day. And I believe it said like eight pages, like just read eight pages a day. So I picked up my Audible account and I'm like, I haven't finished probably three books that I had started. And I've, I listened to a lot of books, but I, I had just kind of cooled off of it in the fourth quarter. And so I'm like, man, I've got to pick up a good book. And I picked up one you've mentioned, one that we actually share with our clients a lot. It's called How Will You Measure Your Life by Clayton M. Christensen. And is I no longer with it. us, unfortunately. Great man. And I, I wish you were still here to write more books because... I really, really love this book and the research that he put into it. Yeah. Well, one thing that it was interesting, Ron, is I heard so many things that you've told me over, gosh, the last decade and a half or whatever that we've worked together were in this book. I'm like, oh my gosh, Ron always says that. That's so funny. Like I'd never, because I remember in talking about like team compensation, you would say to me like, well, it's their job. And so you have to be careful about, you know, bonusing or incentivizing too much. And that's totally in this book, talking about what motivates people and that money like is not the only motivator that a lot of job satisfaction and getting some making a difference in the world type of motivation as well. Anyway, so interesting because I'm like, oh, we've had this conversation several times and I got all the backstory and logic and it was really interesting. It's a fantastic that. read. And the cool thing, if you don't know who Clayton Christensen is, he he's actually a professor. He's, he has a mm-hmm. PhD, he was a professor and he studied all of this stuff. And so there's all this data, right? Because there's there's books all over the place that tell you, you know, do this, do this, do this. And, you know, like if I wrote a book, that's what it would be. I'm not, I'm not going to go do the kind of research that he did um, to write my book. I'm going to write what I think, right? He wrote a book that he researched out and, you know, did all kinds of studies. And anyway, and he did all this for Harvard. So it's really, really cool. The fact that there's so much data behind everything that he says in here. And the the other really, really neat thing is, is that what he says in here 
is stuff that everybody ought to go, yeah, that's kind of common sense. Yeah, that's I mean, true. But somehow there's this disconnect in business mm-hmm. where, well, there's several disconnects and he talks about many of them in the book. So maybe I'm not going to go over like, but there's this, let's just say there's this overarching disconnect between regular life and business in a myriad of different ways. And basically he just annihilates that, but there really isn't. I mean, business does have to run a certain way, but you don't have to break all of the rules from a normal society to be successful. This is one of the books that made me, um, many years ago, I thought that you had to be a complete douchebag to be successful in business. Yeah. You remember having this conversation with me? I, I was like, there's all these movies came out about all of these people that, that folks look up to, and they all had horrible outside of their business. Yeah. The whole rest of their life was a complete disaster. Yeah. And I thought to myself, wow, so you have to sell your soul to be successful. And he just flat disproves that in this mm-hmm. book, which I love. Let's jump into it, Heather. It's fresh on your mind. Yeah. Fresh from reading the book. I just finished it yesterday. Like the, you know, the last part of the book was just yesterday morning. And so many good takeaways. I would say one really good takeaway was that being a manager, I'm trying to remember what wording he used, but it was like one of the noblest things you can do in life because you can impact the lives of other people in being in management in a business. And I thought that was really a cool insight because I feel that in helping, I obviously just finished these quarterly reviews today and thinking, man, like the impact is just more like a better reach because I have more people that I can influence and help and, you know, use core values to help teach and explain things. I mean, so cool. What a cool opportunity. It really is. And I know he's talking to managers. And so that's why he's using the word. I I just, I prefer the word leader. And the way he describes a manager in is my definition of a leader where you're actually, you're not just like, when I think of the word manager, which he talks about, right? That there's this, you know, there's this connotation that's negative to manager because manager means I'm on you all the time. And, you know, in the book, he talks about the fact that that's not the way it has to be. And that it, because it's noble if you do it right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you don't, then it it probably isn't. It's funny um, because we have talked about that before. And I, also love that and love the distinction. This morning, my kids were getting ready for school and my daughter, she's 12, and she was so frustrated because she was terrified to be late. My kids, I've raised all rule-following kids so far. Like, I've got to be on time or my teacher's going to get mad and I'm going to get a detention and blah, blah, blah. So, enter in, you know, the, like, just this battle in my house this morning. She's yelling at everybody that they're going to make her late for school. And my two boys were running late. They're usually pretty good. But today, my boys were running late. And she was getting after them hard. And then I turned to her and I said, Hey, you're fully ready for school. Turn to your six-year-old brother and say, Hey, how can I help you? Can I grab your shoes for you? Like, and I feel that as a leader. And I, and I said, I t- and I didn't realize this till right now. I said, I say that at work all the time. That if someone's having a bad day or is overwhelmed or overloaded, jump in. How can I help? What can I do? And she, you know, she took it to heart and started immediately and the fighting stopped and everybody got ready and out the door. It was fantastic. <laughs> it's an amazing you know? thing. Yeah. 
just looking to help rather than, yeah, that manager, I get it. That like negative connotation thing. Yeah. I felt that this morning. So, and I think the book actually helped with that shift in thinking. One thing I, another thing I loved was he talked about the foundation in missing out on your kids' lives when they're young and had this research about how many words are spoken to a child in the first two and a half or three years of their lives. Mm -hmm. And it's not direction words. It's just conversational terms that those words directly impact their brain development. It was so interesting, like being present and not outsourcing everything as a parent, outsourcing everything as a company. And that was so, man, I'm going to go off, but that was so interesting about Dell computers, I think it was. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That was such a good story. Go ahead. This is a great story. I'm going to see if I can remember all the details, but they outsourced circuit boards or something. And then that circuit board company was like, well, why don't we help you with this too? And And it's important who the circuit board company was because you guys are going to remember this. I know. I'm trying to remember the circuit board company was Asus. That's right. Asus. That's right. Uh, Yeah. And Asus was not known. They were a circuit board company. Yep. All right, go ahead. All right. Now, now go ahead. So then they said, well, we can help you with that. We've been killing it with the circuit boards. Let's help you, you know, with a bigger part of the product development. I don't remember what it was, but building something else for the computer. And it got to the point that Dell had outsourced almost every component of the computer. And then all of a sudden, Asus came out with a computer. Yep. And I was like... And it kicked the pants off of Dell for a while. Yeah. It really, really hurt Dell. Great story. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You can't outsource the whole thing. Yep. And watching your competitors in a different light too. Sorry, go ahead. You go. I was just going to say that, you know, this is one of the things that's wrong with the country. We have outsourced the making of mm-hmm. almost everything. Yeah. And this, you know, I think everybody started to really feel this during COVID when we couldn't even get medicine. Yeah. Because we didn't have any manufacturing plants here. So we have all of these American companies, right? That they put up, they produce all of this, these drugs. None of them are produced here. They're produced overseas. Mm-hmm. And we lost total control of the ability to have drugs when we needed them in our country. Same principle with your business. Same principle with teaching your children. If you outsource the teaching of your children, you're going to get whatever product the other, the other people who you've outsourced to give, give you. It's not going to maybe be what you wanted it to be for your children. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very important piece in the book. I also loved um, the story of Blockbuster and Netflix. Mm -hmm. That was fascinating because Blockbuster had Netflix as this new competition, but it was totally different in so many ways. And that they would cannibalize their own business if they tried to take after, go after that market share because Netflix at the time was doing the mail-in, you know, mail-out, mail-in type of rental process to rent a Blockbuster made all of their money from late fees. Yes. So yeah. they didn't want to change that. And that's, in essence, what Netflix did. It eliminated net, uh, late fees. There was no yeah. late fees on Netflix movies. You guys yeah. will recall. And that it annihilated Blockbuster and that they they looked at it from like a business perspective and said, well, if we tried to compete with them and have a similar product, then we're going to cannibalize our own business. And so we're just going to stay in our lane. It was really interesting and in how that ended up being their downfall. And so, they had an opportunity to buy Netflix. 
Oh, I, yeah, I forgot about that. And they opted not to do it because they thought it was a flash in the pan. And whoops. <laughs> so it's important to understand what's happening around you. It is really important to not have your head down all the time. You got to be looking up a little bit. Yep. He Don't talked make about- me retell the story about the youth that I was doing downhill mountain biking with. Don't 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 let me tell that story again. Look where you're going. Keep your head up. Oh my gosh, I've never seen somebody almost drive off a mountain so many times. Anyway. Oh man. Oh, oh yeah. I would, yeah we were doing legit sweat. downhill, Heather. Like not not training wheels, full on downhill, armored up mountain biking, and he kept looking where he didn't want to go. Oh like, my goodness. Literally can't do that, dude. That's making my hands sweat over here. <laughs> There's a life lesson there, everybody. If you didn't (laughs) pick it up, (laughs) you got to look where you want to go. Don't keep your eyeballs on where you don't want to go because that's literally where you're going to go. All right. Especially on a bike. I thought the Ikea story was really interesting that no one's even tried to do Ikea's model or like copy them. So interesting. They did a whole bunch of research before they created Ikea to figure out what people needed and what they wanted mm-hmm. and then they just built it yeah and ikea is nut. i i hate ikea because it's a maze and all the stuff that you, i yeah. mean i just and there's so many people in there and I, I i it's just not my jam but we have shopped there for stuff because that's where you could get it and yeah. you could take it home that day it's, it's that all day, there yes in all the components car. yep in, any, in car, any car you can take it home yep it's pretty all the components are there you can furnish an entire apartment in one place. I mean, all of that stuff. I'm like, yeah, that's crazy. I'd never thought of it. The the way he talked about it, right? The small packaging, the flat packaging, all of those things. And that, you know, all of the warehouse stuff is all down below. You just go pick up the stuff you liked up above. I mean, so, so fascinating because I knew that, but I didn't think of it for, I guess, as a business model. I was more thinking about it as a consumer. So really, really interesting. And then I think the family component that like, how will you measure your life is a bit about business and a lot about your what's really important to you. And does your life show what's really important to you? Yeah. And I'm pretty sure there's a chapter in there where he talks about the fact that what we tell ourselves that is important to us and what we tell ourselves in business that our strategy is, is really not. And I know he talks about the calendar a lot in there. He says the way that we spend our time each day is what dictates what our strategy is in business and what's important to us. And I'm going to speak on that tomorrow. I actually have, I've talked about this before, but I, I have in my calendar still a, my daughter who is now 25, I hope. <sighs> I hope it's not like, I'm pretty sure she's 25. I don't know. (laughs) Anyway, if I go to her birthday and I click on the birthday, it says Ashley's birthday. And then it says in all caps, it says important. And it's on Uh repeat every year Mm -hmm. because there was a time that I am not proud of in my past where I would just, in my mind, it didn't matter what day it was. So long as it was close to the birthday, you just celebrate. If I had to be on the road, then when I got back, we'd celebrate the birthday, right? No big deal. Well, when I got home and Ashley met me in the door and she's like, you missed my birthday again. So that, um, that still hasn't left. Yeah. Holy cow. That's a long time ago too. <clears throat> yeah. And, and she, she met you at the door when you walked in. Yeah. I mean, I was just kind of like, yeah, I know we're going to celebrate. And I could see it in her face. It was not okay. Mm-hmm. And I, it was the first time I recognized the fact that it was not okay. 
that I was missing an important date. And I had rationalized because what he says is that what we tell ourselves is important. I told everybody my family was important and I meant it. But if you actually looked at my calendar, my family was not important. And, you know, it sucks that I'm on this podcast live telling everybody that, but I'm, I'm telling you because if this strikes a, a chord with you right now, change course. We all do this. Yeah. We lie to ourselves and then, you know, that we do that so that we justify that so that we can feel good about what we're doing. But if you own a business out there and you tell yourself that you're working 80 hours a week for your family, you're lying to yourself and you are not, you're not being true to that to your family and they know it and you know it and everybody else around you knows it. So time to stop lying. Anyway, I'm going to, that's in my presentation. Hopefully I don't freaking choke up on stage. Like I just did that. I probably will, but people need to hear it. Yeah. It's important. Yeah, it is important. And I think, I think that that was a big takeaway for me. I mean, you, everyone that was listened for a while knows that my husband stopped working in 2020. And that was a big reason that I was home. My, my body was physically in my house with my kids, but I was definitely not present. And my husband and I had a conversation and he left his job because he was like, this is not good for our family. And he had some issues with what was going on at work. So it was not like it was a total self-sacrificing thing. He was actually wanting to walk away, but that was the main reason, right? Is just prioritizing. So our kids knew they were a priority because I, I feel that same kind of thing. I think of the times where my kids were calling for me and I was on a phone call and I was just like, leave me alone. Like, just let me have some time. And I did that for hours on end some days, you know, that I had to just get stuff done. So not, yeah, I feel that for sure. And I loved, I loved his perspective on that and his kind of no nonsense way of talking about it. And then one example was that he talked about too, was integrity being a slippery slope or not having integrity, I guess, (laughs) being a slippery slope that one guy lied about something so basic. I wish I could remember the example right now, but, and then it was compromising your integrity. That's right. And that he ended up in prison, like lost his family, everything, because he, he was wrapped up in a lie that he couldn't get out of. So right now in my house, this has been a conversation because my kids have a birthday party. My twins are becoming teenagers. It's kind of a big deal. And the birthday party, the place we're choosing, you have to be 10 years old. And I have to sign a document online that says, and I have to check a box that says everyone attending is over 10. And my kids have been like, mom, we have this one friend, like she's younger than us, but we really want her to come. She's nine. And I said, I won't do it. And my husband, they looked at my husband. My husband said, I won't do it. Like it's a silly, silly thing to compromise my integrity over, which is what we told the kids. They don't like our answer. They still don't. They've asked us probably three times, but I'm like, yeah, it's just not worth it. Even though it is insignificant, it's not a safety hazard or anything but the facility is adamant about it enough that I have to check a box that says that, and I'm not going to lie. And although I know my kids are annoyed by it, I also know that I think about those things that my parents did that annoyed me, but I was fully, as an adult, fully appreciated that they had stood by their values. Yep. that's He talks in the book about core values and culture, which anybody who listens to the show knows we're big on. And, you know, he talks about the culture is what a person does when nobody's watching them. So whatever culture you've created inside of your company and inside of your family, it is a direct reflection 
of you, of who you are, because the culture is set by the leader and what happens inside of your organization when no one is looking, well, if it's not what you want to be happening, then your culture isn't strong Mm -hmm. and people don't understand what your core values are. They don't understand, you know, and Heather, you and I, we talk about this all the time. People in our company probably get sick of hearing our core values and our purpose and, and everything. But we literally choose who we work with by our core values, period. Yeah. Hard stop. Yep. We fire suppliers. We, we stop working with um, business, with partners. Um, internally, we, we hire, fire, and we promote and we bonus based on core values. It's that important. And we just talked, we literally just talked about this, I don't know, just a few shows ago. Yeah. How there are unfortunately going to be some people who go to prison who did syndications only because they won't put their ego away and say something's wrong and just be straight with their investors. Instead, they're going to lie. And it's funny because I think the chapter is actually called Just This Once. They're yeah. going to lie and they're going to yeah. think they can fix it before anybody's going to know. And that is literally how Ponzi schemes always start. I, I don't think most Ponzi scheme people, I'd say the majority of them, they didn't start off going, Man, I'm watch this. <laughs> I am going to defraud all these people. I think they start off and then they do just this once. And then just like I think in the Bible, it says, and maybe it's not in the Bible, but there's maybe it's like a, a proverb or something. The, the path to hell is paved with good intentions. Where's that come from? I don't even know, but I, it's like a thing. I'm gonna... I've heard that forever. That doesn't yeah. sound like it came out of the Bible at all, but I'm sure there's a verse in the Bible that says something similar. Anyway, it is. The path to hell is paved with good intentions and you're doing it just this once because you can just fix it and it's going to, yeah, you might've had good intent, but you just lied to yourself and you lied to everybody else. And now in order to cover that up, to keep your ego intact, you're going to lie again, except for it's going to be about something bigger. Oh, this is not a book, but since this is like the, hey, we're going to refer you to other things um, show. (laughs) (laughs) There's a documentary called Push. Oh, So if you want to see... Is it on Netflix? Because that'd be really funny. I think it is actually on Netflix. (laughs) I'm almost positive it's on Netflix. Anyway, and it's I'm looking. Every single person in the documentary is an actor except the one person that they are trying to push. Is it called The Push? The Push, I think. Uh, yeah. It is on Netflix. That's hilarious. Okay, this will blow your mind. Hmm. It's kind That's of a little bit slow. Just go with it. It's crazy. <laughs> so the person who is not an actor that's just involved in this deal. They put them into this situation. And what they do is they, all these people are actors and they get them to do things that they don't want to do, but they're little. So at first they start with just little stuff Hmm. and all of the little things build on them. And to the point where at some point there's this line where if they do the next thing, now Hmm. they're going to be in trouble for doing it. And so now they have to lie. So they have to keep the lie going. And the whole idea of the push is to see if they can get this person to push someone off a building to (gasps) their death. What? Unreal. So if you want to watch what happens from tiny little things, and you got to understand everybody in this thing is an actor. This has been well choreographed, the whole thing. 
and these poor people are put into this. Spoiler alert, some people do. Some people Mm. push them off the roof. It's unreal. Unreal. So when you're sitting there contemplating just this once, understand it always leads. When you break your core values, it always leads down a path you really didn't want to go. Always. Always, Um, always, always. I looked up the road to hell is paved with good intentions. It is from the 1100s, a French person. I'm trying to, I'll probably totally botch this, but Abbot Bernard of Clairvaux. First coin this phrase, 1100s. That's kind of Thank you, Bernard. Appreciate it. Biblical times. So it makes sense. Definitely not biblical times. 1100s is way after the Bible. (laughs) Well, it's a long time ago, Ron. I'm not even sure that Martin Luther had started when did Martin Luther start translating it? I'm pretty sure it wasn't even then. I don't even think people really even had the Bible. Anyway, that's yeah. a whole other podcast. There's a whole other podcast. <laughs> I think the main point of this book is it ties business and personal and just being a good human. It ties it all together. It gives data based on if you do this in business, what happens mm-hmm. and the positive from living this way from the data points to the fact that it's the only way to go. Yes. I it was so it was excellent and I based um questions in our reviews with our team from the book because it was there were just a couple of things in there that I'm like I want to talk about this uh, with our team in on ind- individually. So I think good plug for that as a if you're a business owner that wants to implement some things talking about it individually was super awesome. So for sure. There's another book too um, that I'm not going to be able to find fast enough to tell you, but it's along the same lines. So I'll tell you on the next show. Oh man, that's like a teaser. Now yeah, you have to show is. up next. Now you have to show to the next show because you're going to want to know what this book is. And right now I'm babbling on because I think I'm actually going to be able to find it. <laughs> well, have you told <laughs> me about like it? I have like 200 some books in here. <laughs> have you? Have, is it one you just told me about? Because you told me about one like this morning, <clears throat> but. No, it wasn't that one, but that's a great book too. It seems like this is like the book. It's called Give and Take. Oh, yeah. Great book. Give and and take. Okay. Moral of the show. Gosh, I guess don't don't be a douchebag. I think just overarching. (laughs) Don't be. No, I say that all the time. Be a good person. Be a good leader in your home, in your business. If you're a manager, be a leader. Stop being a manager. Be a leader. Just go get this book. I read this like three or four times a year just to keep it straight in my head that this is this is what we're supposed to be about. So if you don't have if you don't have a book to read right now, I'm telling you, go get this one, read it, and that's going to be our make it happen this week. You get out there, and make something happen. You can buy Nathan's book. You can buy Give and Take. You can watch the push, or how will you measure your life? Now get out there, and make something happen. This has been the Get Real Podcast. To subscribe and for more information, including a list of all episodes, go to GetRealEstateSuccess.com.